You're listening to the Sex and Psychology Podcast, the sex ed you never got in school and won't get anywhere else. I am your host, Dr. Justin Lay Miller. I am a social psychologist and research fellow at the Kinsey Institute and author of the book, Tell Me What You Want, The Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life. In previous episodes of this show, we've talked about the history of sex toys going all the way back to Stone Age dildos. We've also talked about some of the recent modern advances in sex toy technology, but what does the future hold when it comes to sex toys? Artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and robotics are just a few of the many emerging technologies that are likely to increasingly become a big part of the way that we experience pleasure. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're going to discuss the high-tech future of sex toys, including how these toys might also help us to keep tabs on our sexual health while also giving us a boost in the bedroom. We're also going to discuss some of the ethical and privacy concerns that are at the forefront of incorporating all of this technology into pleasure devices. I am joined once again by Sarah Tomchison, who works as a sex educator, sex toy evangelist, and podcast host. Sarah is Love Honey's resident sexual wellness advisor, and she hosts free monthly workshops through lovehoney.com. She brings an inclusive, informed, and approachable teaching style to a wide range of topics. Sarah's own podcast, called Fuck Yeah, disrupts traditional ideas about sexuality and relationships, and her online sex education program, called Pleasure Practices, supports cultivating personal power through pleasure exploration. This is going to be a fascinating conversation. Stick around, and we're going to jump in right after the break. As it turns out, people do change. It happens all of the time on Field, spelled F-E-E-L-D, a dating app for the curious. Radical transformation is so common here that there's a term for it, the Field effect. The proof is in the stats. For example, 62% of Field members evolve their sexuality, interests, and desires within their first year on the app, and 181,000 people change their sexuality within their first year of using Field. Why do so many stories of transformation run through the field community? This space draws open-minded people. In fact, one in two people on field have a kink. Field is the place where you can freely explore your desires and discover who you really are sexually. Curious? For a limited time, receive a free month of Majestic membership when you download the app as a new member. Simply use the link in the show notes to download Field or head to field.co slash Justin to access this offer. That's F-E-E-L-D dot co slash Justin. Finding the right toy for you can elevate both solo and partnered sex. From petite to potent vibrators, the perfect harness and dildo combos, thoughtfully designed anal toys, and BDSM options ranging from basic to luxurious, Earth & Salt offers a curated selection of sex toys, accessories, and gender expression gear to help you access your pleasure your way. Earth & Salt handpicks every item they offer, focusing on trusted, tempting toys and body-safe options from a mix of well-known brands and smaller businesses. Their vendor roster is always at least 50% brands owned by women, trans, NB, and BIPOC folks. Ready to find your next favorite? Check the show notes for the link or visit Earth and Salt at earthandsaltshop.com and use my last name, Lay Miller, as the discount code for 15% off your next purchase. That's earthandsaltshop.com.
Learn how to pleasure your partner like a pro with Beducated. Their online courses can give you the knowledge and skills you need to be a confident lover, no matter what your bedroom tastes are. They have a variety of courses on pleasing a penis and pleasing a vulva. You can learn how to give sensual massages, communicate your desires, discover some new positions, and even get a little kinky if you're feeling so inclined. The content is created by experts, and there's so much to learn. It's also inclusive of a diverse audience. No matter your age, gender, sexual orientation, relationship status, or sexual experience level, Beducated has something for you. Try all of their courses today for free, and if you like what you see, which I know you will, you can get 60% off the yearly pass by using my last name, Blaymiller, as the coupon code. There's also a 14-day money-back guarantee. Check the show notes for the link, and be sure to use my last name to claim your discount. Enjoy! Okay, Sarah, let's talk about the future of sex toys. So sex toys have really come a long way in the last couple of years. They're increasingly becoming very high tech. And I think a good example of this is how a lot of the new toys coming onto the market can be synced with an app, which can allow you or a partner to control the device through the app itself. And in some cases, the app can collect data and report back on it to you. So tell us a little bit about the potential for app-connected sex toys to not only open up new opportunities for pleasure, but also to maybe help us keep tabs on our sexual health. Yeah. So apps are a really interesting space because, you know, when they first started coming out, there were all of the concerns around privacy. You know, the reputable companies that are developing apps really are meeting all of the standards of safety there. So that's one thing for people to know is that you're going to have the same level of discretion with an app as you would with any app you're going to use, right? But apps allow you to connect across distance, which is really fantastic. And I think some of the developments that are interesting and that speak to kind of the future of sex toys is all of these precision sensors and those sorts of things that are starting to appear in some of these high-tech toys. So you can actually learn about your own orgasmic response from some of these apps. And for folks who want to have more agency and control of their orgasms, this information is not only, not only can you nerd out about it, (laughs) but it's also really interesting in terms of guiding your sexual journey. So you can see what types of stimulation your body responds best to. You can learn about your partner's orgasms. And so it just optimizes, right? That's a lot of the reason why we want to use an app in all areas of our life. It's going to give you information and help you to optimize your practices and target them to the kind of sex stimulation that your body is the most receptive to. Yeah. And something I was thinking about there was how these apps can sort of be a way of getting biofeedback, you know, and it's collecting physiological information that can be tied to orgasm and, you know, what seems to be working. And so you can use that information potentially, you know, if you combine it with, say, AI to figure out the algorithm that provides the optimal pleasure situation for you. And, you know, you might be able to have some different 
algorithms that are developed, like one where you want an orgasm that happens quickly versus one where you want it to be delayed or to kind of be on the brink of orgasm and edge for a while. And so I think there's a lot of potential there to harness that data and use it to explore pleasure in different ways, basically have these unique individualized pleasure programs. Yeah, let's start using the data for good. I mean, <laughs> I I think of it as that toys are going to be heading in the direction of kind of what a good lover can do, where you receive the information and you make adjustments based on your partner's response. Toys are getting to a place where they're starting to be able to do that. And so it can be more of an exchange with you and your, it's almost like you're building intimacy, right? With <laughs> your toy. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a toy that you use repeatedly and essentially it's learning about you, then you're sort of getting the same thing you are in a partnered situation where there's that partner specific learning. That idea is really fascinating that the toy could adapt to you and, you know, it could pick up on physiological indicators like maybe the erection is decreasing in size somewhat. And so maybe they're not like totally into it. So we need to switch the stimulation here to make it more intense or something like that. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting potential there for the toys to be very customizable to you. But I think for some people that might be scary that (laughs) there's this idea of a machine that knows and understands your body and your sexuality, maybe even better than you do or that your partner does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're entering an age where our devices know a lot about us. And so I think the upside and the downside is, you know, you're letting your toy have information about you. And really, it's so that it can personalize the response to your needs. But it is a bit of a trade off. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime we bring more technology into our lives, there's always a trade-off. Yep. Now, another way that sex toys are evolving is that we're increasingly hearing about incorporating artificial intelligence into them. And before this show, I went online and I just kind of did a search for AI sex toys. And I find all these different places that claim to be the first to have incorporated AI in some way. But Looking at the products that are out there, it still seems like we're in early stages of development here. But tell us what you know about this. To what extent is AI already being incorporated into sex toys? And what do you see as the potential specifically for AI to revolutionize sex toys? Yeah, I mean... Certainly that what we're talking about right now with the combination of biofeedback and AI, that's going to be a space where I think that there's a lot of opportunity for quote unquote intelligent toys. And it's not what I think a lot of people think of, which is sex robots. (laughs) No, there is development of sex robots. There is a sex robot that is on the market right now. So of course, I think that that is going to be a continued application of AI. But when you think about You know, en masse, people bringing sex robots into their home, I just don't see that happening. We have so much 
baggage and stigma around sexuality. So just imagine, you know, people coming over and you've got a sex robot, like (laughs) you've got to have way more closet space in your house uh, if this is going to become, you know, a regular trend. But yeah, we are seeing that there are some cool developments in that space. And I think for that like niche group that is going to be really excited about that. And that's kind of their kink or their fetish. Certainly there's going to continue to be some development, but I think really what we're going to see is these more kind of subtle applications of AI where not only can the toy receive the data, but then it can also do something about it. So slightly adjust the kind of stimulation or the length of stimulation, the frequency, those kinds of things, I think, are how we're going to see the algorithms adjust functionality of products to tailor them to your specific needs, to personalize them. Yeah. And speaking of tailoring it to the individual, I think another big area of application there is with maybe providing custom audio stories or fantasy narratives that can be specific to the kinds of things that turn you on. So you could have AI-generated erotic content as part of all of this as well that might be incorporated with the sex toys. Yeah, I think it's got a little bit of a ways to go. You know, that some of the examples of the AI written content right now is just, you know, look it up online. It's a great laugh. So <laughs> the <laughs> the erotica is going to take a little bit of time, I think, to develop. But absolutely, I think that you're going to see human creativity and AI functionality come together to do a bit more storytelling for sure. Or maybe you could even have the AI talk dirty to you, but you could tell it in Mm. advance, these are the words that I want to hear. (laughs) And so it can customize it for you. I know that dirty talk is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with, with an actual human partner, because it feels very vulnerable or anxiety inducing, or for some people might feel shameful to say, I want to hear these words, or I want to be called this or that. But maybe if a robot's doing it, uh, or an AI voice companion, maybe it doesn't feel as anxiety inducing for the individual. So that could be another potential way to go here. Yeah, yeah. It could be kind of a cool learning tool too. One of the things I teach a class about really tapping into and creating meaningful kink dynamics. And so trying to break out of that mold of that typical kind of like secretary boss, you know, where you actually really get into what are the dynamics that really work for you and kind of create that great Venn diagram where you get to the center of it. And um, one of the things that I like to share with folks is look to iconic figures, whether they're dominant or submissive. You can work with their characteristics, how they hold themselves, their tone of voice, the things that they say. And how cool would it be if there was an app where you could say, I want to talk dirty like David Bowie or, (laughs) you know, Beyonce and get some ideas for how to actually implement it in your own voice. 
Yeah. And, you know, that also brings up another thing is that when we're talking about incorporating other people's characteristics into these technologies, then that opens up a whole other conversation about consent and what can be used and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's we'll come back to that more a little bit later because there are some ethical and other concerns involved in all of this. But I'm glad you brought up sex robots. And I don't want to get into like a whole sidetrack discussion about that because I think they're a long ways off before they would become widespread. The technology still has a long way to go. But, you know, anytime you're talking about the future of toys, robots come up. And people have been talking about this for decades. I mean, if you think about the original Westworld movie that the HBO series was based on, that came out in 1973. And you know, it was the stuff of science fiction back then, but I think we can actually like kind of see it happening in reality now. But like I said, it still has a ways to go in terms of being hyper-realistic. And I think the more likely application of sex robots is probably that you're going to have like robot brothels as opposed to everybody owning their own individual sex robot because the technology is just going to be so prohibitively expensive that I think that that is the single biggest impediment to them becoming a big part of people's everyday sexual interaction. Yeah, you know, I did a little bit of research because I wanted to find out where the development was at. There was a sex robot that they started doing some PR push around in 2017. And so I was like, oh, I should check the progress of that sex robot. Like, where are we at now in 2023? She hasn't come that far. I'm going to just tell you that much. I mean, you can buy her, but it's called the Uncanny Valley, right? Mm -hmm. There's just something slightly off about the mannerisms and the expressions and how they speak. And that's just not the amount of money that it is going to take to get over that hump right? I also happened to just watch E.T. with my kid for the first time this past week, which I realized, oh gosh, this is a really (laughs) tragic story that I think I blocked out from my childhood. But the empathy and the life-like qualities of E.T. were so striking to me. The amount of money it takes to create that level of puppetry, animatronics, robotics, is absolutely not something that we're going to really see come into the sex robot space. Yeah, you know, and speaking of E.T., that movie scared (laughs) the shit out of me as a kid. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. Absolutely. I realized, I was like, okay, now I have to vet all of the childhood (laughs) stuff that I was shown before I show it to my kids. (laughs) My parents actually took me to a theater to see it. I think when E.T. like first came on screen, I just like started screaming and crying and they had to take me out. I didn't even get to finish watching the movie. (laughs) So it wasn't my thing. But, you know, 80s movies were just, 80s kids movies in particular were scary and like that's a whole other thing is that kids movies today have become so sanitized and uh, mm-hmm. you know i think we're we're, we're a little bit tougher because <laughs> the kids movies back then <laughs> were designed to scare the shit out of us but yes yeah <laughs> so besides virtual reality artificial intelligence sex robots Do you see any other technological advancements on the horizon that you think are likely to occur in the sex toy industry in the coming decade or so? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you're looking forward, you can look back 
to get some clues. And Pleasure Air is one of those technologies that I think it's about to turn 10 years old. And it's one of the, I think, best developments in sex toys to come out in the last 10 years. So Pleasure Air is in products like the Womanizer, which is designed for clitoral stimulation, the ArcWave Ion, where they've adapted it for the underside of the penis. And as that technology has developed, what they've actually done is I think that a lot of sex toy development was about power, 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 power. But with Pleasure Air, when they expand the range of sensation, they're not increasing the high because they know that that high setting works. What they're actually doing is creating more subtle adjustments between like lower lows and then more subtle changes in stimulation as you increase in intensity. And what this does is it elongates your pleasure session. It allows you to like revel in those moments leading up to orgasm. And it creates, I think, a fuller, in some ways, more meaningful orgasmic journey. You know, the quickies are great and there's plenty of toys out there. But I actually think that that's what we're going to start seeing more of is not this, you know, drive to like, how do you create the most RPMs in a (laughs) vibrator? We've got that, right? The classic wand. But how you can create these more subtle fluctuations in stimulation to allow people to really have these pleasure journeys that are more relaxing, more subtle, and really give people that me time that I think is becoming such a necessity in modern society. So I think we're going to see more in that direction. Yeah. And since you brought up Pleasure Air and the ArcWave Ion, uh, that's a toy I've mentioned on the show a few times because it's the only toy I've ever personally tried where there was this, this vibratory like sensation that I experienced as pleasurable. You know, prior to that, vibration never worked for me, but it was this brand new way of experiencing a toy like that. So, yeah, I agree that I think that that's another direction these things are likely to go in the future. Now, let's talk about some of the benefits of sex toys going high tech. So, one of the obvious ones that gets discussed a fair amount is that these toys open up new possibilities for people to explore pleasure who might otherwise have some difficulties with it. So, for example, persons with disabilities sometimes can't manipulate or use a lot of the toys that are on the market. So, how can technology help to make sex toys more accessible? Oh, I love that you're asking this question because I actually think social responsibility is a big part of the future of sex toys, not only in environmental impact in manufacturing, but also in true inclusivity, which is about thinking of toys in a way, not only being pleasure devices for folks like who can press small buttons and have no restrictions, right? We are all on a journey to be 
disabled on some level in our lifetime. So this is not a thing that only affects disabled users. This is something that affects seniors, anyone who's recovering from surgery, post-birth. All of us experience differences in ability through our life cycle. So assistive toys are absolutely direction where things are headed. You know, we've got our first toy bump in designed by a disabled person. Um, So I think that we're going to see not only more toys for disabled people, but also that toy design becomes much more accessible in general. Yeah. You know, and as you were talking about that, I was also thinking about the various ways that sex toys in the future can become very therapeutic, right? So I had Dr. Lori Brado on the podcast a while back, and we talked about how incorporating sex toys with virtual reality can offer this way for people to engage with their sexuality at their own pace in a safe environment. And so it can be a way to work through sexual phobias or previous sexual trauma, right? So that's another potential application there. And also these toys have the potential to kind of monitor our sexual health and they could be an early warning system for potential sexual problems that might be in the process of occurring. So for example, if you have a device that is tracking your erectile firmness over time and it sees that there is a sustained decrease, that could alert you to the fact that, hey, maybe there's a potential health problem here that you should see a doctor for. It actually turns out, if you look at the research, that erectile dysfunction is often an early warning sign for cardiovascular disease. So, you know, having a device that is keeping track of your genital health can be telling you something about your overall physical health and when you might want to seek professional help. So what I'm hearing is sex toys as preventative care. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Sex toys save lives. (laughs) Yes, yes. Let's put it on a shirt. (laughs) So I have one more question for you, and I'd be remiss not to ask it, but it centers around the ethical and privacy concerns surrounding advanced sex toys. You know, I know you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but there are a lot of people who have raised concerns about what kinds of data the toys are collecting and who has access to it, as well as that whether that information can be hacked or otherwise exploited. And then there's also the concern that always comes up, especially when you're talking about, like, say, sex robots, is whether people will come to prefer these toys to human sexual interaction. So what are your thoughts on these issues and how do we proceed with developing toys in a way that's going to tap into their benefits, maximize the benefits, but also still value the privacy and safety issues and not totally push us apart. (laughs) Oh gosh, yes. I mean, this is a core question of our modern age is data security and that trade-off that when we give information to corporations, you know, how are they going to handle that information? When we give our information to governments, how are they going to handle that information? One thing to consider is researching the company that you're buying a product from, especially if this is a big concern for you, because not all sex toys are created equal. Not all sex toy companies are created equal, right? So, you know, there is a recent Love Honey group, which is the Love Honey retail website, as well as WeVibe, the designers of WeVibe, 
womanizer, arcwave, pure, romp. They have created the WeVibe app. They also have been advocating for pleasure since their inception and have continued to fight trademark protections around their products against companies that are just trying to copy technology, right? So when you see companies that really have this as a core part of their ethos, this is a good indication that you are, you know, buying a product from a trustworthy company. So folks who are actually investing in their technology and working with doctors to make sure that the technology is not only safe, but that it actually does what it says it's going to do. These are good indicators when you're looking for a product that's going to respect your privacy. I sign agreements all the time. You know, my Apple device sends me agreements and I am not reading them in a detailed way. And the fact is, is that we all should be, right? Because our data is being sold and used in a variety of ways. I will say that in the pleasure products industry, since discretion and anonymity and these sorts of things are of the utmost importance, for the most part, companies are developing apps in a way that is geared towards privacy. But at the end of the day, you know, read your terms and conditions and agreements that you are clicking agree on before you give your data over. Yeah, I know. It's one of these things where, to some extent, it's just incumbent upon the user to go in aware of the potential risks, right? At least as long as we're aware of them, that's one thing, you know, we can, we can consent to it. So I think anytime you have data being collected on your sexuality, there's the potential for it to be exposed or exploited. We all have to recognize that anytime you take a nude photo and it's uploaded to your cloud, it's out there and, you know, in the ether and there are potential things that can happen with it. So we have to recognize that those risks can happen, but also, you know, to the extent that everybody has some of this sexual data out there, or almost everybody does, you know, everybody's scandal is nobody's scandal, right? Right. Uh, And so I think, in the future, sex scandals are going to become less of a thing. Like, I think we're seeing that already happening to some extent. But if everybody has a potential sex scandal in their cloud, like, it can't really be held against any of us because everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, I like the future you're envisioning. I hope that sex scandals become a thing of the past very soon. (laughs) Sex is just the thing that people do. As long as it's consensual and legal and nobody's getting hurt, great. Let's not worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation, Sarah. It was a pleasure to have you here. Can you please tell my listeners where they can go to learn more about you and your work? Yes, absolutely. Well, you can find me over at lovehoney.com and lovehoney.ca. I do a lot of content for Love Honey. And you can also find my podcast wherever you're listening now. Fuck yeah, pod. 
<laughs> Buck yeah pod. <laughs> and I will be sure to include links to all of that in the show notes. So thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate having you here. Also, thank you to my listeners. To keep up with new episodes of this podcast, visit my website, Sex and Psychology at sexandpsychology.com or subscribe on your favorite platform where I hope you'll take a moment to rate and review the show. You can also follow me on the socials for daily sex research updates. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Justin Laymiller and Instagram at Justin J. Laymiller. Also, be sure to check out my book, tell me what you want. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on a future episode of the show, you can leave me a podcast voicemail at speakpipe.com slash sex and psychology. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. 